We are going to start today's conversation with John Steinberg, Managing Partner of Steinberg Venture Partners. John, welcome back to the show. Welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, just uh, got up at four this morning to fly back from San Francisco back to Seattle. So, oh, wow. Eager beaver I am. <laughs> so you just started, so literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, how have you been? How has COVID been? Is everything okay? Yeah, you know, I was just talking about this this morning that I feel very, very lucky. Uh, I actually traveled a lot during COVID and um, got a lot of business done. And, uh, you know, it uh, uh, just, I have to say, I just feel very, very fortunate. And, uh, and now it seems like we are, airports are busy again and people are traveling yeah. eager to get out. And in fact, I hold um, investor dinners and founder dinners in San Francisco and Seattle and getting lots of unsolicited reminders that we should get going with those again. So yeah, uh, feels like we're oh, um, back at it. You, you said you have been traveling uh, during the during COVID for the last year and a half, almost. I have, I, uh, I live in both Seattle and San Francisco, so that's one natural place for me to go back and forth. And then uh, I just got actually back from Puerto Rico because uh, I was interested in seeing uh, that interesting move by a lot of people who are moving there, especially people who have a lot of capital gains. So I just was there and I have uh, several upcoming trips as, as well. Interesting. All right. Well, talk about business. What, uh, what changes, what has been the evolution of business, that your portfolio, your deal flow, et cetera, through this COVID period? Well, I think the, the obvious things are that COVID, some people like to say it just accelerated what was naturally happening. Um, you know, when, and, it, and it really was widespread. So my doctor friends tell me that they, I remember them saying in the beginning of COVID that they had accomplished more changes in 10 weeks than they had in the previous 10 years. Uh, education. That's a lot of people. Yeah, right. So it, it crossed all industries. Yeah. And uh, and I think you know when forced to change our lifestyles and our engagement patterns, many people said this isn't so bad. I have been absolutely astonished at um, just the 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 winners have won so big during COVID. Um, the tech stocks in particular, anybody that could scale, uh, but also just uh, people rethinking work patterns, life patterns, social patterns. Uh, yeah. So I think, uh, but having said that, I don't know a person unless they actively sought to be slower or sought to take time off. I don't know a person who said they weren't busier during COVID. Um, because it was so easy to do things like this. So the, so, the amount um, of deal flow and the amount of uh, deals getting done and startups off the charts. Are there um, some salient points of uh, how your portfolio in particular has um, gained through COVID? And if you could just 
double click into some use cases of specific companies, what is their business and, and what have you seen, you know, what kind of... Yeah, I would say, I would say, and this is a bit of a guess, but you know, more than three quarters of the businesses benefited during this time as their businesses ramped up. Uh, several of them, and uh, on a personal note, as you may remember, I'm in the wine business. Um, yeah. It's a pretty interesting example, actually, because my hand of God brand behind me um, it actually got quite hurt uh, because we were doing 75 dinners a year and in 60 restaurants. Well, those, mm -hmm. went, to, those went to zero, right? So, yeah, yeah. but I'm also an advisor to a, a startup online wine business called Underground Sellers. Their mm -hmm. business 8X'd. Well, right? Because that was, they were focused. They didn't have uh, a need to be in the restaurants or doing events. Right. They were all online. And we were just amazed to watch the numbers go up, up, and up. And so the, I think the wine ind industry, as an example, that's not high tech, but, you know, I consider Hand of God a startup, um, is undergoing some really interesting changes. Um, and forcing forcing everybody to relook at, um, and the introduction of new products uh, that didn't slow down. It just, uh, you know, I have friends who um, I just helped a startup adaptogenic mushroom coffee company that again mm -hmm. uh, was able to use a, you know, this is a small example, but was able to take a cafe that had been closed during COVID and is going to re-engineer this cafe to be a showcase, it's called Wonderground, a showcase for their product launch. So those, mm -hmm. those are real world, smaller examples, if you will. Um, but uh, another company I'm really excited about um, is a company that is taking analog assets and converting them to digital uh, so buying up, uh, and this is in the, I'll call it the outdoor active space. So think of, mm -hmm. think of runners and hikers and rock climbers and uh, skiers, that, that category. And there's yeah. a bunch of interesting assets out there, magazines, for example, that, yeah. that now all need to be digitized and brought up to uh, the current world around social media and interaction. And this company called Outdoor is doing that. And COVID, again, accelerated their opportunities. So, mm -hmm. so it's it really, you know, the, the, not to be cliche, but people talk about the haves and the have-nots, right? And I think in the startup world, uh, it became very much an accelerant if, if COVID worked to your benefit, it really worked to your benefit. And if it didn't, it, it, you either had to go out of business or pivot or something had to change. Yeah. So um, what is your current uh, strategy uh, going forward, given this, you know, humanity has never changed behavior at such pace, as you pointed out earlier, and as we're seeing everywhere in every dimension of life, this has been a real 
change yes. enforcer. So how do you park that and what is your investment thesis going forward? What are you looking to invest in and what would be the strategy? Yeah, so I was extremely active during the last year, personally as an angel, but I yeah. also, uh, but I also um, have changed my own personal strategy around uh, a few ways to invest. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, let's just take it at, at the highest level. I've said this for a while now that it used to be the case that technology was rolling out in a serial linear fashion, but that mm -hmm. is no longer the case. We are at this really interesting inflection point that I'm not sure most people totally understand because it's so big that every industry is being impacted and it's not being impacted by one technology but a variety of technologies so you know if you go back and you look at the the transition to personal computers or the transition to uh, networks or the transition uh, to the internet it, it you know this was a serial rollout one technology feeding it now we have gosh you you could pick there are 20 industries, I don't care if it's healthcare or education or fintech or travel or, I mean, let's, you know, let's name the industry. They are being transformed. And it is simply impossible as an investor for me to uh, be able to, to be on top of each one of those. So, yeah. so I believe, you know, not, not a terribly deep thought, but I believe that crypto and blockchain are fundamentally hugely important technologies and I need to be exposed to it from an investment standpoint. So okay. uh, instead of saying I'm going to bet on this horse and that horse, I went out and found the best uh, blockchain fund of funds to mm -hmm. allow me the best exposure and I've actually become a venture partner with them. And we are mm -hmm. in some 15 funds globally. That's the other point you asked me, what's my, mm -hmm. you gotta be global now. Yeah. It, it is no longer 650415, right? It's it's global thinking, you gotta think about, uh, and, it's, and it's across the country as well. So the blockchain co-investors, you know, I'll have exposure to 300 different startups because I couldn't possibly know how to uh, pick by myself. And in the uh -huh. previously, I would have tried to figure it out and focus just on that. But it is such a fundamental technology that not having exposure, I think is, is really gonna be missing something so important. That's one example. Another example is uh, I'm a, a venture partner with a global venture fund called Rocketship.vc, and their approach is unique. They are, and but I think everybody will take on this approach in some form going forward, and that is these guys are rocket scientists, literally. They're data scientists from Stanford, and they are just using algorithms and homing through, I can't remember the amounts now, it's such a, a huge amount of data 
and looking for patterns to find startups around the world to invest in. So they're getting, they're getting a look at the world in a different way and faster. And uh, the approach has been really interesting. It appears that they're gonna be in the top 5% of all funds for their vintage year. And so again, that's my way to get exposure to things I wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yes, I still invest in um, startups as an angel investor, mostly here and in the Bay, here in Seattle and in the Bay Area. But mm -hmm. I have never seen so many startups. You know, I must get uh, through syndicates. I must get five new opportunities a day online. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is so fascinating to me, and I can't possibly uh, do the work, make a decision around that. But uh, so what I was about to say is that my own strategy is um, I I definitely am only something over the transom more than ever won't work. And uh, working with people that I know or have a group of people that we all know is is really important to me. And then, you know, I have the luxury, I'll say, that at this point in my life, having done this for over 30 years, uh, yeah. I, I get to I get to focus on things that, you know, I like the people. I feel like it's an interesting category just for my own personal interest, and hopefully it's doing something good in the world um, uh, to make a difference. So that all goes... Are the, go ahead. What are those areas of personal interest to you currently? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm really... Besides wine. Besides wine. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you an area that I... Um, I just don't know nearly enough about, but you know, another one of these massive categories, I feel like if you're not in it and you're not a, a participant, you don't know how ridiculously large and exciting it is. That's gaming. But mm -hmm. people my generation generally don't get that this is, is changing the world in so many ways. So I invested in a company called Manticore and it's a, a, a Stanford guy um, that I had gotten to know through his blogs and his posts. And, and I just saw his passion, and, and it, but, but I got to know him over time. And uh, I had no idea because I'm not a gamer. But mm -hmm. by the way, I love sports. Um, I'm, a ticket, yeah. I'm a ticket stub collector, and the whole NFT thing is super interesting to me. But, um, I, I just saw his approach and his passion. So I made the bet on him because I need some exposure to this category because um, mm -hmm. it's going to change. And I mentioned the sports because I think eSports is part of this category. So yeah. that's an example of a passion of mine, working uh, with somebody who brings that kind of thoughtfulness and depth and passion to a category I'm just never going to be terribly smart in, but I, but I relate to it. So that'd be, that'd be an example. Um, I do love things. Uh, the whole cat, another huge category that I'm really excited about, but again, I can't spend the time is space, space and aviation. Oh my gosh. You know, there's the obvious ones around space, but there's a lot of, I invested in a classmate from uh, Stanford um, who's doing really interesting things. This is tangential but around weather and gathering data on weather uh, from satellites that
previously weren't being uh, shared or aggregated or consumed in the way that he's doing it. And they're growing really fast. Weather is changing so rapidly in the world, right? That's an example. Mm -hmm. I have another friend that, and I'm sorry, I get really excited about this, so if I'm speaking too fast, but another friend that is, he's just made me rethink how transportation, especially around small airports and hybrid airplanes, is going to change everything, right? If we can't, if it doesn't matter where you live, how will the world change? And to think about that, and what is the infrastructure required for that? And so I invested in a really interesting cargo drone company that will uh, produce drones that can carry, you know, 500 pounds and really solve some of the supply chain and emergency relief situations in a way that's never been able to before. Um, so again, just so many exciting things. Um, I feel like a kid in the candy store a little bit because uh, there has never been a time like this. The next, I, keep, I have a 13 year old daughter and I keep thinking when she graduates from college, I don't even know how to prepare her for that moment in 10 years because it's gonna be so radically different. I feel like hang on, it's gonna be quite a ride. Yeah. So uh, when you do angel investments directly, not through fund of funds and all that, yeah. what size checks are you writing these days? You know, uh, it's kind of it, it's kind of really all over the map. I don't have a particular check size, um, uh, and because it's and because I don't have unlimited wealth, and because it's all from my account, uh, I tend to do a smaller. Uh, more and you know I always try and think how am I adding value that that's actually the more yeah. important question uh, mm -hmm. I didn't mention that when you asked me my criteria but you know someone the other day said to me what do you do all day because I'm involved in so many different things and I think the thing that I do all day is I really work hard and not to lose what I'll call my super connector superpower that I really want to make sure that um, I'm also an obsessive walker. So I average 25,000 steps a day. But the only mm -hmm. way you can possibly do that is if you take walking meetings. So mm -hmm. at least at least three to five of my walking um, bouts each day is just calling people I haven't spoken to for a while and connecting yeah. or uh, reading an article online about a cool startup and just reaching out. I remember in uh, 1988, when I first moved to uh, Seattle to work for Microsoft, out of the blue, I called up Howard Schultz and said, you don't know me, but I think Starbucks is pretty cool. And I would love it if you would uh, just have a coffee with me, which he did. And I just never <laughs> lost that. So my value add to go back to that is, is I want to be that person on the cap table that people can say, hey, could you do this introduction for me? Because yeah. I encourage people to, to use LinkedIn and to see who I'm connected to. And, uh, and I'm super respectful of, of uh, using that power to not bother people and to, and to filter and to curate. But that's my, I think that in the end of the day, hopefully I've got some pattern recognition around what, you know, boardroom behavior and what makes a good startup. And <clears throat> I'm an insatiable podcast listener. I'm always learning. Um, but I think uh, 
uh, that for me, if I can add value, then that's more important than the check size. And um, do you, would you price around or would you kind of write the term sheet? Do you lead? Yeah, generally at this point, I used to a lot. And uh, at this point, I'm not doing that uh, because uh, I know that I'm not going to be, I mean, to help in a situation, in an unusual situation, I'd rather see a focused institutional uh, firm. Me, pricing is not the signal I want to give to the market. Meaning, mm -hmm. I'd like to find a firm that's focused on that particular category, or that type of startup, or that set, a stage, to price it so that people can get behind that and say, okay, they've done deep, deep due diligence. <laughs> They're going to be very involved. Let's let's see what they're saying. The market bears. Also, I, I feel like, um, and I don't I don't have good stats to back this up, but valuations have really uh, been all over the map. And yeah. compared compared to when I was pricing rounds, uh, I still get a little heartache over uh, valuations. I'll be completely honest with you. In fact, I was asked to price a round recently, and I felt like it was way too high. Um, I said that I was going to invest. I like the people a lot. And it ended up, we found it amazingly, and the price was higher. So, so, but, but companies are well, also. Well, there is a valuation inflation going on. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. And, but a company, there's, you know, markets speak fairly, um, fairly efficiently sometimes. And there is a ability to scale today like we've never seen before. So that's got to get reflected in that price. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of infrastructure already in place. And if there are ways to tap into that infrastructure to grow, that is, it's an unprecedented situation. Um, it's true. Sure, for sure. And around the world, you know, rocket ship, yeah. rocket ship, part of their data that they did not expect when they went in and started looking at the data was that India represented one of the most interesting opportunities in the world and had been under We know them very well. Um, Anand and Venki, we know them very well. I've known Venki for, I don't know, 20 some years. Um, so yes, we, we're familiar with their work. And, and you know, as for us, actually, I was very involved in, in from the very beginning of the Indian startup ecosystem and moving from the services-based uh, industry to the product-based, startup-based industry. So, so our you, penetration into India is huge. So yes, we are very familiar with the India opportunity. Well, but but five years ago, it was underinvested. That's what's so interesting. And, you know, with the introduction of the low-cost cell phone and other things, that it just changed what seemed like overnight. Yeah. So just yeah. super interesting. But that's an example of if you weren't on top of that, you missed it. I mean, not that there's not going to be continued opportunity, but that was a that was a mega trend. So, yeah. Yeah. We are even seeing companies coming from Africa these days. Hundred percent. We had our first unicorn out of Africa. I know several fund managers in Africa. I mean, it's again the the world is shrinking in a way. You know, but yes. I have a friend who pointed out to me about a year and a half ago. He said. Another mega trend that people don't realize is there's seven and a half billion people in the world ish. And he said, this was this was probably two years ago. He said through half or about 
3.5 to 3.8 had internet access. He said, but within five years, no time at all, everybody has internet access. Yeah. Think about how that changes the world. Yeah. And, and so, uh, again, the scaling opportunity doubled overnight. In, in, yeah. in, I mean, five years is not very long, and that rollout is happening. So what a fascinating time. Yeah, and those are, uh, you know, when you, the India story is interesting because the first wave of the India, India B2C, India facing B2C businesses were targeting the affluent consumer base. And then as Reliance Geo got into the game and, and this whole, you know, hundreds of millions of lower end consumers got plugged into the internet, the game changed. Of course, they have no purchasing power, but so you have to go to market in ways that are, you know, interesting and different, and and you have to figure out what kind of business models work. But there's a lot of opportunity for innovating on business models there. A hundred percent. And and you know, I think there was a, a stage of of tech rollout around the world that was basically copy what what worked in the U.S. and see if it worked in your yeah, country. And that is no longer. Right. No, that's no longer the case. Right. Some of that may still be there, but I think there's original work happening. And and I think the ecosystems have matured tremendously and the dynamics and the trends are different uh, in that there is there's actually opportunities for original innovation, original ideas that are that are quite prolific at the moment in and those pro profound. I mean really profound because different places profound. require different solutions, different cultures are going to use the technology in different ways. So, you know. I, yeah, and, and I think there's leapfrogging going on. You know, what the, the whole COVID-induced COVID change that has happened. I mean, it's changing and creating lots of opportunities in the Western world, in the developed nations, but it has also helped the emerging markets leapfrog into that changed behavior of online learning, distance learning, telehealth, E-commerce, all these have completely leapfrogged. That's correct. That's correct. And I don't, I don't think that stops anytime soon, right? No, 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 not at all. So. Not at all. All right. Well, John, great catching up with you. I will be sending you something shortly. We are working on a, on a very uh, early stage deal that I will send you. I love it. Well, I, coming from you, you know it'll go to the top of my list. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Stay safe. If you're traveling around, stay safe. There's this Delta variant that I'm a little bit concerned about because it's playing havoc in India. Yeah, and no. I have a lot of family in India. We've had a lot of problems. I'm sorry about that. I would encourage you to drink Hand of God because I hear it really is effective against COVID. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will remember that. Time, it was nice to have coffee with you this morning. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. See you. Bye-bye.